going to see what, what happens. We're going to see how things unfold. I think Donald Trump is the single most dangerous threat we face. We're in a situation where we have put together, and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. I really, really like this tweet from Gunther Eagleman from yesterday. January 6th was not an insurrection. George Floyd OD'd. Climate change is a hoax. The Biden crime family is real. There are only two genders. Ukraine is full of Nazis. Democrats are racist. Representative Don Bacon is a Democrat. Barack Obama was born in Kenya. Jill Biden is not a real doctor. The COVID vaccine never worked. The media is a propaganda machine. Men can not have babies. Islam is not peaceful. Nancy Pelosi is a drunk. Gavin Newsom's wife, th- this is what he's saying <laughs> here. Uh, Gavin Newsom's wife did Harvey Weinstein. Epstein did not kill himself. Donald Trump won 2020. Jack Smith is a thug. Kamala Harris is a diversity hire. BLM and Antifa are domestic terrorist organizations. Democrats are pedophiles. The establishment GOP is done. AOC is dumb. The establishment GOP is done. AOC is dumb. Eric Swalwell slept with a Chinese spy. Adam Schiff lied under oath. All truths off the top of my head. Feel free to add to the list. Welcome to the BCP podcast. I am your host, James, the Black Conservative Patriot, the Based Conservative Patriot, the Blessed Conservative Patriot. Thank you for your patience as I took a few days off and enjoyed all four of my children together for the last time for a few years. Made two airport runs yesterday, Sunday, and today, Monday, for my two older children to get back to their respective spouses, jobs, and studies. And we are back with a vengeance. Appreciate you being here. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to be using, somewhat using these, uh, some of these prompts from Gunther Eagleman yesterday, and it's going to serve as the launching pad for some of the stories that I want to cover today. Once again, 
Thank you all for your support of this program. Let's get into this. Let's go down here to the comment about the Bidens. Not that Jill Biden is not a real doctor, but about the Biden crime family being real. Let's get into updates and news about that. On Monday, James Comer was with Larry Kudlow on Fox to talk about the new discovery that there was money laundering, influence peddling between the Biden brothers in which Joe Biden received a check for $200,000 that they tried to pass off as a loan repayment, but it was anything but. But joining us now is Chairman James Comer, uh, head of the House Oversight Committee. Mr. Chairman, thank you. I just couldn't, I mean, I know there's a lot to talk about, but this business you've uncovered of, uh, I'm calling it check kiting. That may be unfair, but I'm not sure it's unfair. You've got a bankrupt company loaning James Biden uh, at least a couple of hundred thousand dollars, if not more, over the years. And then this James Biden writes a check to his brother, Joe Biden. I mean, I don't know what you call it, if not check hiding, but it puts the lie to the Biden defense that he didn't know anything about the family business or whatever the family business is. So, Mr. Chairman, what do you make of this? Larry Kudlow is right, of course. At the bare minimum, the lie that Joe Biden knew nothing about his family dealings just went up in flames. When he said he knew nothing about the family dealings, he wasn't uh, the business dealings. He wasn't just talking about Hunter Biden. He was supposedly, according to his own words, also talking about his brother's business dealings. Quick flashback for us, for you, and for me. I've, even though I've already seen it, that's why I'm saying this. Here's a quick flashback for us collectively. I have never discussed with my son or my brother or anyone else anything having to do with their businesses. Period. Well, we just proved that Joe Biden benefited from his family's influence peddling scheme. Look, this check that Joe Biden, that Jim Biden wrote to Joe Biden uh, came on the same day he received a $200,000 loan from a company that was on the verge of bankruptcy and today is, is bankrupt. Uh, on the check to Joe Biden, his brother put loan repayment. Now. The White House is saying that Joe Biden loaned his brother money. I don't believe he did, Larry, but whatever. Let's just say they pull something out of their rear end that says Joe, Joe Biden loaned Jim Biden money. Either way, Jim Biden, and we have his personal bank records, I can say with confidence, had no money to pay Joe Biden back other than that $200,000 wire that came from AmeriCorps Health Company. So. Either Joe Biden got paid directly $200,000 from his brother as part of a kickback or a cut from the influence peddling scheme, or Joe Biden did loan his brother money, but his brother couldn't have paid it back without the influence peddling scheme. And there are bankruptcy court documents that spell meticulously exactly what Jim Biden did to receive that money. He went to AmeriCorps Health knowing that they were in bad financial shape and said, if you pay me money, I can use my brother's contacts in the Middle East to get you all the capital you need uh, to make you solvent again. That's called influence peddling. 
Which, and that's what we've proven, that Joe Biden benefited. He either made $200,000 or he didn't lose $200,000. Either way, he's $200,000 ahead because of his influence peddling scheme. Well, it seems to me that what we're seeing over there, that the Biden crime family is real, is been proven beyond a shadow of a doubt, at least if you are total partisan, there is a, a, an abundance of evidence that that's the case. Now, one of the things I hear that Gunther Eagleman uh, tweeted out was that the media is a propaganda machine. So let's combine these two things. The media is a propaganda machine and the Biden crime family is real to see exactly how this works. I googled Comer Biden so I can find a clip of Comer, of the clip I had seen of Comer talking to Sean Hannity. But as I'm making this later on Monday, I saw the more recent clip, which I just showed you, of Comer going over this with Larry Kudlow. But if you look at Google, the total propagandists that they are, you will see this. You will see that they definitely are part of this propaganda machine. So I put in Comer Biden in the search box. The top stories, news about Joe Biden Comer, MSNBC News, uh, Fox News, and Newsweek, and New York Post, and the Desert News, and Huffington Post. Let's look at some of these headlines. NBC, MSNBC, James Comer's latest Biden accusation has one glaring flaw. Well, the, t- the headline tells you uh, already that this is a biased uh, piece of trash. Well, maybe the Huffington Post will be a little bit better. Nope, turns out that that's not going to be the case either. Another GOP bombshell about Joe Biden turns out to be a dud. Newsweek, with no sense of uh, originality, uh, has a similar title. GOP raising alarm over Joe Biden uh, getting... Yeah, let me switch this up, folks. Uh, As you know, um, junior number two is going to be gone for two years and will not be editing. So bear with me here for those of you watching the video. uh, Although the text was cut off there for a second. GOP raising alarm over Joe Biden getting $200,000 loan repayment spurs mockery. Okay. The Deseret News... Very disappointing uh, rag uh, newspaper uh, out of my new home here in Utah. Cable News Roundup. Is there new evidence, in quotes, in the Biden family investigation and the GOP's dysfunction, also in parentheses, in the House? So they talk about Fox News' Comer bombshell, and then they go down about MSNBC. I mean, really? Really, Desert News? I mean, in in what universe is reporting on fake news, MSNBC, and their bias reporting in support of it? Like, like if if you're debunking it or you are fact checking it, that's different. But reporting MSNBC's reporting, bias reporting as actual reporting and news to be repeated, is lazy and bad journalism. Uh, Now, let's go to um, 
Let's go to this next one, or not next one, another one here. Donald Trump won 2020. He did. And that is why when you look at the number one thing on this list from Gunther Eagleman, where he says that January 6th was not an insurrection. That's right. It wasn't an insurrection. It was a protest because the election was stolen. And we're seeing it happen right before our eyes yet again. Lawsuit to block Trump from Colorado 2024 ballot survives more legal challenges. And this one truly is frustrating. Uh, A judge has rejected three more attempts by former president. This is uh, CNN Politics reporting. Donald Trump and the Colorado GOP to shut down a lawsuit seeking to block him from the 2024 presidential ballot in the state based on the 14th Amendment's insurrection ban. So once again, this is yet another, we've covered this, um, another attempt to steal the election of 2024. They can't beat President Trump at the ballot. They weren't able to impeach him. So far, these indictments are, he's not guilty of anything, so they're flimsy and not going to go anywhere, but, and, but they're just trying to keep him in court and busy and in the news that he's under indictment to try to rig the election of 2024, but it's all going to fail. So another part of the plan that they've been working on is to keep President Trump off of the ballot so people can't even choose him to vote for him. And we've covered the scheme. Now, this one's a little upsetting because this judge in this one, Judge Sarah Wallace, is actually using a previous ruling of Trump-appointed Supreme Court Justice Neil Gorsuch when he was a Denver area uh, judge as basis for having a trial to determine if President Trump can even be on the ballot. Absolutely ridiculous. The flurry of late uh, Friday rulings from the Colorado District Judge Sarah Wallace are a blow to Trump who faces candidacy challenges in multiple states stemming from his role in the January 6, 2021 insurrection. Once again, it was not an insurrection. It was a protest. He still has a pending motion to throw out the Colorado lawsuit, but the case now appears on track for an unprecedented trial this month. A post-Civil War provision of the 14th Amendment says U.S. officials who take an oath to uphold the Constitution are disqualified from future office if they engage in an insurrection. Once again, this is a Civil War amendment so that insurrectionists in the form of seceding states and the Confederacy who did not uphold the Constitution can't hold future office. The, uh, the, the words and the verbiage as far as what it takes to be a president in the Constitution are very clear. You have to be a citizen, uh, naturally a natural-born citizen, and you have to be 35 years of age. The 14th Amendment doesn't amend that. It's an amendment specifically uh, post-Civil War for Confederate people trying to hold office. But of course, CNN and the leftist press will never give you that true coverage and breakdown of the 14th Amendment. A liberal watchdog group called Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington filed the Colorado case on behalf of six Republicans, uh, six Republican and unaffiliated voters. These are probably registered Republicans, but obviously uh, very often we see that they are actually Democrat operatives. She said the key question 
In her 25-page ruling, Judge Sarah Wallace rejected many of the Trump's arguments that the case was procedurally flawed and should be shut down. She said the key question of whether Colorado Secretary of State Jenna Griswold has the power to block Trump from the ballot based on the 14th Amendment is a pivotal issue and one best resolved, excuse me, best reserved for trial. And let's not forget that uh, Jenna Griswold is yet one of the uh, George Soros bought and paid for secretaries of state. Think Katie Hobbs, who was able to win her own or cheat and win her own rigged election in Arizona over who should be right now the awesome one of the awesomest governors in the nation, Carrie Lake. Wallace also swore away arguments from the Colorado GOP that state law gives a party, not election officials, ultimate say on which candidates appear on the ballot. So some one of the arguments was that the Republicans can pick who's on the Republican ballot, on the GOP ticket, and the same thing with the Democrats. But that argument is also not being upheld. Wallace also cited a 2012 opinion from Supreme Court Justice Neil Gorsuch when he was a Denver-based appeals judge which said states have the power to exclude from the ballot candidates who are constitutionally prohibited from assuming office. She cited this while rejecting Trump's claim that Colorado's ballot access laws don't give state officials any authority to disqualify him based on federal constitutional considerations. Trump already lost an earlier bid to throw out the case on free speech grounds. So, using here... Uh, Neil Gorsuch previous ruling that said, yeah, the state can stop people who aren't old enough or citizens from obviously wasting taxpayers' time, money, and printing if they don't even qualify to be uh, president or any other office. Once again, I, as a layperson with no law degree, can see plainly that this is a misapplication of the 14th Amendment. And so the persecution and the stealing of elections continues from 2020 to 2024 against President Trump and we the people who overwhelmingly elected him then and will overwhelmingly elect him again in 2024. All right, back to Gunther. Representative Don Bacon is a Democrat. Well, that's going to be easily proven uh, with this. It's... Representative Don Bacon's reply to a tweet from the silent majority nailed it, America first, period. And then Representative Don Bacon, his reply was, right out of the 1930s, didn't work out, bruh. And D.C. Drano's commentary, yes, you're reading this correctly, a Republican congressman is comparing the America first movement to Nazi Germany. Representative Don Bacon voted three times against Jim Jordan because deep down he hates GOP voters. Don't worry, Don. The feelings are mutual. Enjoy that Sequoia Communist, uh, Chinese Communist Party money while it lasts. So we can see here um, that, in fact, Representative Don Bacon is, after all, a Democrat calling MAGA and America first, somehow that is like 1930s Germany. That sure sounds like Democrat rhetoric to me. 
All right, back to Gunther again. There are only two genders. How about this sickening news out of Florida? Trans Girl 11 leads Orlando Pride Parade. It's about being true to yourself. Dempsey Jara, youngest Grand Marshal in history to come out with Pride Parade. 11-year-old transgender girl, Dempsey Jara, which means that Dempsey Jara is a biological boy. The youngest Grand Marshal in the history of Orlando's Come Out with Pride Parade had a message Saturday when she took the stage at Lake Eola Park. Being transgender is not about a choice. It's about being true to to myself. It's about embracing who I am even when the world tries to tell me otherwise. It's about standing tall in my identity even when it's really hard. Now, maybe not when I was 11, but when I was younger, I wanted to be Spider-Man. Does that mean that my parents should have given me a Spider-Man suit and fake webbing and let me kill myself by trying to swing from buildings? Let's see, around 11, I think I that's when I started skateboarding and I was into BMX biking. And should I have dropped out of school? My parents should have allowed me to drop out of school so that I could pursue my passion of doing uh, tabletops off of... Uh, berms and jumps and that I should have quit school to pursue being a professional skateboarder because that was my true self and of course what's sickening of course is that children are exposed uh, to this level of uh, you know sexualization of children it's just wrong there was a time when everyone agreed hands off children but these are Uh, Biblical times, these are days foretold. All right. Let's go back to Gunther. Gunther is on a roll. We're just touching a few of the things that he said here. The media is a propaganda machine. Oh, yes, indeed it is. We looked at that, but let's look at that again. Here's a tweet from the IDF, the Israeli Defense Force, earlier today. This would have been a photo of a lifeless pregnant woman next to her beheaded unborn baby cut out of her belly by Hamas terrorists. Due to this platform's guidelines, we can't show you that. So the atrocities of Hamas uh, are being sold as exaggerated or not true. So the IDF announced yesterday that they would be showing foreign press Hamas body cam videos Photos of murder, torture, and decapitation, which they did today. Uh, Today, at a military base, they had 200 uh, foreign journalists, and they showed them 43 minutes of uh, all kinds of footage and proof and evidence, uh, most of it not yet um, released to the journalists for them to see that they weren't exaggerating or lying, that Israel was not... uh, publishing propaganda about the barbaric atrocities of Hamas. Let's not forget, Hamas themselves filmed these things and put up on social media to brag and to show uh, what they are willing to and what they did against Jews. Uh, it, It was a brag. It was a flex by Hamas. But yet somehow that's 
Israeli Jewish American Zionist propaganda? Now, an important note. Uh, since the October 7th massacre, the IDF has been collecting footage from body camps taken by the Hamas death squads as they rampage through the communities in southern Israel, butchering everyone in sight. Now, unfortunately, and I can't believe I'm saying this, and I can't believe that we as a country are having to do this, as we work to defeat the terror organization that brutalized our people, we are witnessing a Holocaust denial-like phenomenon evolving in real time as people are casting doubt on the magnitude of the atrocities that Hamas committed against our people and, in fact, recorded in order to glorify that violence. Therefore, tomorrow, the government press office will screen for foreign media gruesome and as yet unseen footage of the barbarities perpetrated against our people on October 7th. This is footage that has not been made public. It will screen a compilation of raw and unedited footage from the October 7th massacre for journalists who can stomach the horrific truth, and want to report on what they saw. That will take place tomorrow, Monday, October 23rd, north of Tel Aviv at 11.30 Israel time. Please be in touch with the GPO or with us here at the Prime Minister's office if you would like more information about this screening. Let's get into what was revealed. The Israeli government on Monday screened for 200 members of the foreign press and 43 minutes of harrowing scenes of murder, torture, and decapitation from Hamas's October 30th onslaught onslaught on southern Israel in which over 1,400 people were killed, probably more than that by now, including including raw video from the terrorist body cams. That's right. The terrorists had body cams. They wanted this to be seen. The government said it had decided to show journalists part of its collected documentation in order to dispel what a spokesperson characterized as a Holocaust denial-like phenomenon happening in real time as doubts have been raised around the world about some of the most horrific Hamas atrocities. Let's not forget, there are still some people right now that think that the Israelis actually bombed the hospital in Gaza, even though, one, it was a dud rocket from Hamas, two, the hospital wasn't even hit. Uh, The dud rocket landed in the parking lot, and three, they said 500 people were dead or killed in that. No one was dead or killed because nothing hit the hospital. Journalists were not permitted to record the screening, which took place on a closed military base. The footage was collected from call recordings, security cameras, Hamas terrorist body cameras, victim dashboard cameras, Hamas and victims' social media accounts, and cell phone videos taken by terrorists, victims, and first responders. In one pair of videos that were screened, Hamas terrorists are seen dressed in IDF uniforms flagging down passing cars, and then shooting their occupants. This footage had actually been released previously. Let's get into some of the stuff that we hadn't seen or heard of or gotten details of until now. In another video, first responders are seeing pouring bottled water over still smoldering bodies, hoping to snuff out the remaining embers. In another, a man rides on the ground, bleeding from his stomach, as a terrorist tries repeatedly to decapitate him with farming equipment. The man appears to be Southeast Asian, possibly one of Israel's foreign agricultural workers. In another clip from, an, from, the, from after the assault, an Israeli woman is seen trying to work out if a partially burned woman's corpse with a mutilated head is that of a family member. The, the dead woman's dress is pulled up to her waist and her underpants have been removed. Well... We got from uh, Major General 
Mickey Edelstein, who briefed reporters after the viewing. He said that we have evidence of rape, but we cannot share it, declining to elaborate further. Absolutely horrific. Absolutely horrific. Okay. The military also pulled footage from within Gaza that was uploaded to social media on the day of the attack. In one video, bloody IDF soldier is pulled from a car, dropped on the ground, and kicked and beaten by by a local Palestinian crowd. So this wasn't just Hamas or ISIS Hamas. This was Palestinians, moms, kids, savagely beating people. These are not everyone, but these are I'm going to go I'm going to go and say it largely very savage 5th and 4th and 3rd century barbarians. In another a young girl revealed by Israeli media to be a 19-year-old soldier wears bloody sweatpants while being dragged out of the trunk of a car to a chorus of cheers. One man yells in English, "You're in Gaza." Surprised he didn't go, "You're in Gaza, B." like a Hamas, ISIS, Palestinian terrorist rapper would say. Again, let me be very clear here. It doesn't matter which side you're on. This is savage uh, barbarianism. Now, I'm not trying to do that to excuse myself. Oh, it doesn't matter which side you're on. I'm just saying, it doesn't matter which side you're on. Palestinians should be like, We believe in a two-state solution, which I don't believe in a two-state solution. Israel is surrounded by a whole bunch of Arab and Muslim countries. Let the Jewish state of Israel be the Jewish state of Israel. There's plenty of places for Muslim and Arabs to go. Now, I realize that there are a lot of people in this open-air Gaza Strip that are trapped. And they are victims of Hamas. I understand that. But you still don't excuse that this is what I mean. Let me be very clear. Even if you are Palestinian, even if you believe in a two-state solution, even if you do not like Israel, you cannot excuse the raping, the beheading, and the savagery of innocent people. I mean, this Southeast Asian agricultural worker was there to make money. Why were they trying to behead them with agricultural machinery? But that's a problem with these Palestinian and pro-Hamas and ISIS people. They are cheering this savagery. With very, very few, I would like to say if any, but I'm sure there's a few disparate voices out there that are actually decrying this, but we're not hearing them because they are such a small minority where the majority are like, well, the Israeli Jew deserve this. And that's ridiculous. Even if you believed in the Palestinian position, you should still be decrying this savagery, but they're not. And that, of course, is letting us know what truly is in their heart. Among the still images included in the raw footage reel were those of a decapitated soldier, several charred human remains, including those of young children, a pile of dead bodies in a bomb shelter, and several Islamic State flags that the military said was found in Israel. Which means, of course, that as Hagari, uh, the IDF spokesman rear admiral, Daniel Hagari has said, when we say Hamas is ISIS, it's not a branding effort. So I guess some people think that Hagari is being cute with a branding effort of saying Hamas is ISIS. Quote, we say ISIS in the sense of 
Hamas's media elements, cruelty, and barbarism are ISIS elements. He also noted the guidance of manuscripts found on killed and captured Hamas terrorists, the primary force of which was from the group's uh, Nukba commando unit. It's this idea that they would take all measures, even against Islam, to not allow the existence of Israelis wherever they are, uh, including Arab Israelis, foreigners, uh, etc., Hagi said. Why does a person take a GoPro to such an attack? Because he's proud of what he does. That's why it's ridiculous to say that this is all fake news, the barbaric savagery of Hamas, ISIS, because they filmed it and they're proud of their savagery. It's indoctrination, and if the indoctrination is to commit crimes against humanity, it's not just Israel's problem, Hagari added, alluding to a broader Western war against fundamentalist Islamic terror. Which, of course, that war is going to be coming here because the open, porous border of Joe Biden has brought them to our shores and within our continental 48 and probably Hawaii and Alaska as well. All right, let's go back. Democrats are pedophiles. While I have no proof that this woman is a Democrat, she sure looks like one. California nanny charged with molesting baby girl to send abuse photos to man she met online. A California nanny has been charged with molesting a baby girl she was hired to care for and sending images of the abuse to a man she met online. I I, I was even... Maybe it's a stretch here, but... uh, This is a cautionary tale. Please be careful of those around your children. Especially if they're Democrats. Not especially if they're Democrats. That sounds terrible. Be even more wary if they're Democrats. Because you have to be careful. One of the... it's, It's God, family, country in that order. If you're a parent, a grandparent, an aunt, an uncle, a guardian... You are charged with protecting children. There is nothing wrong with having your guard up and being extra vigilant. That is your job. The hell with offending anyone. I had a conversation with a friend of mine who has uh, many children. His wife is due uh, with their third or fourth child um, any any day now. Sorry, Jason, at the top of my head. Is it child number three? And we had a conversation once. And I had never thought of it this way, but I was telling him how, dude, you just got to be like that vigilant hawk parent. And I said, look, your family is like, you know, the castle domain. Your family, your home is a castle. And the whole world is against you. So you have to put a moat and you determine when that drawbridge comes up and who's able to cross that drawbridge. And you should be scrutinizing everyone at the entrance of that bridge. So let this be a cautionary tale. Michelle Nicole Hidalgo, 28, was arrested by Contra Costa County Police last month after they received a tip from an unnamed social media platform saying that she had allegedly shared child uh, pornography on the platform. After going through her social media history, police found conversations with a man demanding worse and worse images of the infant according to a report from the Daily Mail. The County Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force sees equipment used in the production and distribution of the child uh, pornography in her home. I know we're not on YouTube, but uh, even on some of the platforms, I've been flagged for even mentioning 
child corn. So bear with me. It's and I'm they're overly sensitive to that word because they want to make sure that it's we're reporting on this and not distributing it. So just have patience here. We all know what we're talking about. Hidalgo still worked for the victim's family at the time of her arrest. And I don't know if she's a Democrat, uh, but additional charges have been added related to the molestation of the infant. Additional charges uh, were um, three counts of child molestation of a victim under 10 and of using a minor for sex acts. When confronted with the images uh, by a detective, Hidalgo confessed but claimed it was a stupid one-time mistake. And of course, like a Democrat, despite the confession, Hidalgo pleaded not guilty to the charges. They have not ruled out the possibility of Hidalgo having other victims. Yeah, who's going to buy that? It only happened once. This is my first time, officer. I've never tried crack before. <sighs> Sickening. These people are out there and they are among us. All right. Let's go back to the list. Donald Trump won 2020. And he's going to win 2024. Because he beat Joe Biden in 2020. And he's going to pummel him even more in 2024. And that's why we have Perry Johnson. I didn't even realize he was still running until last Friday. Having suspended my campaign, I'm officially endorsing Donald Trump for President of the United States. We must beat Joe Biden to save this country, and Donald Trump is the only candidate who can do it. My full statement is below. In his endorsement, he says that uh, after suspending my campaign for president on Friday, there is now only one candidate in this race who can provide a solution to our nation's economic, foreign policy, and social crisis, and most importantly, beat Biden at the ballot box. That person is Donald Trump, the same person who legitimately won the 2020 elections, but it was rigged and stolen. And he's going to do it again. And we are hoping and praying and we're going to be taking action to be vigilant to make sure it doesn't get stolen again in 2024. During President Trump's first term, our nation saw historic peace agreements, no new wars, an economic revival, and a forged new path toward away from corrupt establishment career politicians. I supported Trump in 2016 and 2020. I am proud to offer him my full endorsement once again as he seeks a Republican nomination for President 2024. I look forward to assisting in efforts to elect him next year and uniting with other conservatives to def- with other conservatives to defeat Joe Biden in November and we do too and we have also been on the Trump train since 2016 and 2020 it's nice that he finally bowed out and it's good that he is going to be completely on the Trump train all right once again the establishment GOP is done now that's also on this list. You'll see here Perry Johnson said, I look forward to assisting in efforts elected next year and uniting with other conservatives to defeat Joe Biden. And he also says that President Trump uh, is going to be one to uh, take on the establishment career politicians. Well, the swamp wants to have their way. Seven of the nine GOP speaker nominees have signed the pledge. Well, what pledge am I talking about? Well, first, let's go to the nine GOPers seeking the speakership. That's House Majority Whip Tom Emmer, a Georgie Porgy George Soros wants to get rid of the Electoral College Democrat. Well, he's a Republican, but he's actually a Democrat in drag. Representative Kevin Hearn, 
Jack Bergman, Mike Johnson, Austin Scott, Pete Sessions, Dan Moser, Gary Palmer, and Byron Donalds. And what we have here is that... Uh, uh, okay. So Kevin McCarthy gets booted out. They blame Matt Gates, But Kevin McCarthy agreed that one person can bring a... Uh, <clears throat> can bring a motion to vacate to the floor. But then there were eight people that voted that. So Kevin McCarthy was ousted. Kevin McCarthy agreed to that and didn't even keep his own promises. For instance, where the hell are the J6 tapes? Okay, that alone is reason to ixnay and oust Kevin McCarthy. So they try to get their own guy in, Steve Scalise. He doesn't have enough votes. He says, I'm, I'm not even going to run. Jim Jordan overwhelmingly has support but we have 20 holdouts and then the lobbyists get to two more and it's 22 and then the lobbyists and the swamp get to 25. So now Jim Jordan, arguably the most popular legislator in the lower house of the legislative branch, the United States of America, Jim Jordan is unable to get the 217 votes. And now we have a whole bunch of swamp creatures. Now, after that, this is what they want. They want them to take a pledge that they're going to support whoever is the eventual uh, person that gets the nod. Elise Stefanik, chair, Republican conference. House Republicans need to elect a speaker as soon as possible in order to return to work on behalf of the Ukrainian people and Israel. Okay, okay. The pledge letter uh, from this congressman does not say that. But it might as well. They want to get back to work for the funding of Ukraine and Israel. And even in a time of dire need, the emphasis should still be on what America wants. But I digress. Let's get back to the letter. House Republicans need to elect a speaker as soon as possible in order to return to work on behalf of the American people. It is time to put politics and personalities aside and unite behind the next Republican conference choice for speaker. I, Mike Flood, hereby uh, pledged to support the speaker-designate duly elected by the House Republican Conference, regardless of who that candidate is, even when their election proceeds to the House floor. Further, I pledge to vote for the House speaker-designate on the House floor for as long as it remain the speaker-designate. So funny how Mike Flood didn't send that letter when it was Jim Jordan. And it's so interesting that seven uh, people so far have signed that letter, but there was no call for unity of just getting behind the designate no matter who it was when Jim Jordan was in the race. Glad that as of the time I'm recording this, that it's being reported that that was not signed uh, by Byron Donalds. Oh man, is the swamp swampy. Uh, so this is Chad uh, Pergram uh, reporting on this. Uh, from colleague Tyler Olson, seven out of nine House GOP speaker candidates have signed, have now signed Nebraska GOP Representative Mike Flood's U- unity pledge to support the winner of the conference speaker election, according to his office. Emmer's latest, Donalds and Palmer have not signed. And I hope they don't. It's kind of like when they're trying to get President Trump uh, back in 2016 to support whoever was the GOP nominee, and he wouldn't do it. He wouldn't do it. He knew what they were all about. All right, now I want to end with a little bit of comedic relief. I played a clip of Liz Cheney, booted from Wyoming, uh, that she said on the CNN State of the Union show, 
where she went on to bash uh, President Trump. Look, I currently live uh, in Utah with my eye on Texas or Florida, but um, we haven't made up our mind yet. We're kind of comfortable in Utah, but Utah is still a little too like not like I like Utah a lot, but I want I, I want a fighting spirit of true conservatism. And Utah is a nice state, and it's got a lot of great things. I like being able to go over to um, they're not sponsored, but I like being able to go over to Ready Gunner, buying a uh, a gun and being able to just go and get a, with my membership, go able to shoot uh, right there. I like being able to go up into Heber, uh, up by Daniel Summit uh, and Park City and other places and, and go uh, go shooting. I like being able to go out outside of Logan, uh, way up in northern Utah and just go out in the middle of nowhere and just feel like I'm free. I, I had an incident years ago. Maybe I'll tell you the story some other time where I went shooting in a place in California, in Southern California, which was remote, was away from everything. The... the, the the government website said it was a place we can go shooting and the uh, park rangers drew on me on my Suburban on my way out saying I couldn't shoot there, even though their own website said I could. So I love Utah for that kind of freedom. And, and I do feel a lot freer in Utah than in a lot of places, but I want to feel even more free. And Wyoming is a state that I have my eye on. It's right next to uh, Utah. There's some parts of it that I could uh, still uh, I can live in Wyoming and still conduct some of the business I'm doing in Utah. And uh, and they no longer have Liz Cheney, who I want to end with this little bit of comic relief. She said this on Sunday. Absolute ridiculousness. I'll tell you what I'm what I am definitely going to do. I'm going to spend the next uh, year between now and the election, certainly helping to elect serious people, helping to elect sane people. Um, to of, Congress. of both parties? Yes. Uh, because I think that, that we could well find ourselves in a situation, given what we know the Trump folks are doing in terms of attempting um, to question the results of the election, we don't want a situation where the election is thrown into the House of Representatives and Donald Trump has any possibility at all of prevailing under those circumstances. So we've got to elect people who believe in the Constitution and who take their responsibilities seriously to Congress. So I'm going to be spending a lot of time doing that, in addition to other things. But you're not ruling out a presidential run. No, I'm not. Oh my goodness. She's not ruling out a presidential run as if she has any influence. But hey, got to give it to Liz Cheney. At least she was honest about the fact that she's a uniparty creature and she will support Democrat or Republican as long as it's anti-MAGA and anti-Trump. What a freaking joke. Thanks for being here. I so appreciate you watching this show on Locals, on Patreon, uh, on Spotify, and the other podcasting uh, platforms supporting this show. Please tell a friend about it. It's hard for us to grow this uh, show without a big funnel like YouTube like we used to have. So let people know where you get your news and commentary uh, from. Send them over to bcp.news. I put up one or two episodes uh, a week, at least one episode a week, um, over on Uh, Rumble for people to get a taste of the show to see if they like it. And if they do, they can uh, support the program and become subscribers. Uh, Appreciate your help. And uh, while you're at it, uh, pick up some merch. We do have some new merch being rolled out uh, in time for Christmas. Stay tuned. Hasta mañana. Ciao, goodbye. God bless. We're in a situation where we have put together 
And you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics.